Well, hello and welcome to Grass-Fed and Grace-Led Podcast. I'm Maddie Rose and today is the day we are talking about chickens, y'all. So this is a question I get probably more often than any other question I get related to farming and that is, how do I get started with chickens? What do I do? I want chickens, but how? So hopefully this podcast episode will give you a little bit of insight and a little bit of tips and advice to help you get started on your chicken keeping journey. So usually people come to me and they want chickens and primarily their goal with chickens is for eggs. I would say without doing an actual statistical analysis, 99% of you are asking me because you want your own backyard farm fresh eggs. So with that being in mind, um, I just wanted to clarify maybe some of the differences between meat chickens, what we call dual purpose chickens, and strictly egg laying chickens. I would say that a majority of the chicks that you find in the feed stores or available would really fall into that category of dual purpose. And so dual purpose is a chicken that is both good for meat and for eggs. Seems kind of straightforward. Anyways, um, if you're looking at getting chickens for meat, primarily a lot of times people just go straight to the hybrid crosses, one of the most common of which would be called the Cornish Rock. And they're a, a hybrid cross of two breeds of chickens that produce a very fast growing and heavy bird. And those chickens um, will grow too big to really live a long life. Most of them die um, as they're getting older. Their, Their legs can't hold their weight. So if you're gonna get those chickens, then your goal is gonna be for meat. You're not gonna wanna get those chickens as backyard um, egg layers or dual purpose birds because they're just not gonna probably even survive. And if they do, um, they're just not gonna be a healthy chicken and they're not gonna do what you wanna do. So the majority of the birds that you're gonna be looking at are gonna be either egg layers or, or dual purpose. Now from a homesteading kind of self-sufficiency standpoint, dual purpose birds are pretty much the way to go. And I find that often a lot of the dual purpose breeds really do lay very well. So you're not really sacrificing too much when it comes um, to production in terms of eggs. And uh, that is also something to consider here when I talk in a little bit about what a heritage breed is, and I'll discuss that here very shortly. But I just wanted to clarify first uh, the kind of birds that you're looking for. So I'll just list a couple breeds just to kind of get your mind in the right place, but there are a ton of different chicken breeds. There's always kind of new ones popping up and old ones coming back up to surface. But the more common uh, dual-purpose breed options might be uh, Australorp, Uh, You can get the Bard Rock, Orpingtons, Rhode Island Reds, which I don't actually have any Rhode Island Reds right now because I breed uh, Lavender, which is a color of Orpington, 
and they're very similar, but I just kind of ended up with those last year. I had a whole flock of chickens that got massacred, which we'll talk about here in a little bit shortly as well. And so when I found these chickens to replace them, that's what I ended up with. And I have a really sweet rooster and I'm very happy with him. He's not mean at all. And so I'm very happy with my Orbingtons, but I do really like the Rhode Island Reds. And I think that they're just fun birds. They're kind of in, interested in what you're doing. They're very social. They can be a little mean to other chicken breeds sometimes. But really, I have enjoyed a lot of the Ro Rhode Island red birds. And they're a really good dual purpose bird. And I think I will talk about them again in depth here in a, in a little bit when I talk about heritage breeds. But as far as like egg layers that are strictly egg layers, not really a dual purpose bird. Of course, the leghorn would be one of the most common egg laying breeds. And those are usually white. They can come in some different colors, but usually they're white and they're what lay the white eggs that you get in the store. Those are not bleached eggs. I mean, they're, they're bleached, but they're not white because they're bleached, if that makes sense. Um, so there are breeds of chickens that lay different colors of eggs and we're actually starting to see a lot of variety in egg color because people are crossing different egg laying color chickens. So you have chickens that will lay green eggs, which usually those are Easter eggers. There's a couple other breeds that lay colored eggs as well, but what we call is Easter egger. It's not a truly purebred chicken but um, they're, they're bred for production more, so they would also be more of an egg-laying bird. They're kind of small in their bodies, so they wouldn't make a great dual-purpose bird. I mean, you could in a bind, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend an Easter egger for a dual-purpose breed. And uh, yet you'll get really cool colors with those. And so people have crossed them, and they have olive eggers, where they've crossed dark, very dark, chocolatey egg-laying chickens with green egg layers and you get kind of an olive green egg. And so it's really cool you get a lot of those neat like rainbow baskets. Um, I've really wanted an olive egg or chicken for a while and it seems like I've, I've bought them and then they've died. I've tried to get chicks and then for whatever reason they're not available, they're on back order, or when I try to contact people they don't have any available. So they're kind of elusive for me right now. I'm really hoping at one point to actually get an olive laying chicken. And there is some benefit in having chickens that lay different colored eggs, especially if you have a small flock. If you have a chicken that lays a different color egg per chicken and one of them stops laying or there's issues with their eggs, then you know which chicken is laying which egg because of the color. So that can actually be a really handy tool that I don't think a lot of people consider. Um, but it is, it is kind of a neat little thing that you can do. But majority of chicken eggs um, are either going to be brown, varying shades of brown, kind of a pinkish color to white. But you can get some really neat, dark, rich, chocolatey colors. Blue, green, and now of course olive green, and sometimes even purplish depending on the bloom, which is like the outer coating of the egg, depending on how that comes out. So anyways, so you can get a really neat Easter basket looking um, egg basket if you, if you want to go all out and get a bunch of different breeds. Now that kind of thing drives my husband insane. He's more of like, he wants me to have one breed of chicken and that's it. That's how his mind goes, but I'm kind of more of the variety is the spice of life kind of gal. And so I love to see the different 
colors of chickens out there. But having those different colored egg layers is a handy tool where, like for me, if I'm breeding my lavender Orpingtons and I only have brown egg layers for them and all the other ones are laying different colored eggs, I know which ones that I can gather and incubate. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. That's later, Maddie. <laughs> We're talking about getting started. All right, so getting started. You can get your chickens in a myriad of ways. I would say the most affordable option would be to inherit chickens from someone. This doesn't always happen, but there will be times, sometimes you're buying a house. Now that's not really affordable because you just bought a house, but you sometimes will end up with chickens if, if you buy a house and they had chickens and they're not gonna take them with them. So you might already inherit a coop that way and some chickens. And of course you don't have to have any upstep caught upstart costs with that and so that's a really neat way to do it doesn't always work out that way um, you can also find sometimes people that are moving or just getting out of chickens that they're selling their whole setup and usually you can get that much more affordably than if you did everything from the get-go but there are some cons to this method some of the cons that I could think of off the top of my head would be the age of the chickens. A lot of times they're gonna be older and older chickens don't lay as well. They're usually not as healthy. Depending on how they're cared for, they might have um, some parasites or uh, just kind of old age things that happen or in, in time. Um, you can have things like bumblefoot and scaly leg mites and just things like that that if they weren't being kept up with very well, you can kind of inherit that from the get-go, and that can be a problem. They also might not be laying well if they're older chickens, because as chickens age, they, they do start to uh, decrease their laying, especially going back to those egg layers. If you get an egg-laying breed, they're laying eggs almost every day, once every day for their entire life, and they run out of eggs really fast. They have a finite number of eggs, so if they keep laying eggs, um, then they're going to run out real quick versus a, a chicken that takes a break during the winter. So you actually do, if you can manage it, you kind of want your chickens to take a break in the winter, if at all possible. If that's interest, an interest of yours, or you can just kind of replace your chickens very frequently, that's another option. Um, but yeah, so inheriting chickens, inheriting a coop pros, cons. Sometimes the coop can be old and dirty and not clean. Um, it just kind of depends there, but that's a good way to get started if at all possible. Now, other things that um, I would recommend with getting a chicken coop right now, the wood prices are just really expensive, so building your own isn't going to be very affordable, but I will say building your own from like chicken coop plans, for example, would be less expensive than buying one of the same quality for most people. So you can find people um, like on Craigslist or other places like Facebook Marketplace that are building chicken coops and selling them. And that's a viable option if you have that kind of capital to invest in a chicken coop. You might actually get a really nice chicken coop for the price, um, but you're paying for the labor, of course, and for them to make a profit. So keep that in mind. Uh, you can also build your own. You can repurpose different um, buildings or even like children's like playhouses and 
and swing sets, and I've, I've seen trampolines. I've seen a lot of different things. You can find a lot of those on Pinterest. They don't always work out as well as like they seem like they might, so it might be helpful to really kind of research those a little bit more in depth because you might end up kind of scratching what you were doing initially. When I'm, when I'm thinking of a coop or I'm buying a coop or, or building a coop, primarily my focus is one, what climate am I in? We used to be in the mountains, so in the mountains the winters were harsh. We needed a coop building, which is the enclosed building that they go in and roost in and lay their eggs in. You want something enclosed that will keep the weather out and be relatively warm in the winter and keep uh, the draftiness and the moisture out of there and of course the snow if you're in a, in a climate that snows. Now we live in Louisiana so we have a lot of heat so a really enclosed coop is actually going to be really hard on the chickens because it's hot. So I want something with a lot of airflow but also protection from the rain and the elements like that. We hardly ever get snow here. We did uh, a year ago and that was very rare but the chickens you know they have that built-in down feather so they, they can handle a little bit of cold here and there but the heat can be really hard on them so that is something to consider is your climate your weather you want good airflow you don't want it to be real enclosed all the time because that can be really hard on their respiratory system now of course the coop building is not something you want them to stay in full time you want them to at minimum have a run which is usually attached to your coop or they go outside and in my opinion, the larger, the better. They have different uh, regulations on what qualifies as what. Like if you're looking into what qualifies as a cage-free chicken or pasture chicken, uh, free-range chicken. You know, they'll talk about like 10 square feet per chicken, things like that. Um, for me, primarily, we... Uh, free-range our chickens or really technically I guess like what people think of when they think free-range is what we do when you're buying eggs in the store free-range is not really that it's actually pastured chickens so chickens that are free to move and go wherever and eat the grass wherever when you're buying store-bought it's very confusing but those are pasture-raised chickens not free-range um, but it's still I'm just used to saying free range. Our chickens free range. They have truly free range a majority of the time. There are times when we lock them up for their safety, and that's the next important thing for a coop would be to be predator proof. And I would say that this is one of those areas where when you skimp out on your material, when you get the cheapest material, um, you're going to run the risk of losing your chickens to predators. And I like to look at it this way. I like to consider, can a dog get in here? Or keep a dog, or could it keep a dog in? You know, like if you want to think of something that's secure enough to keep a dog that wants out of a pen in that pen, then that's going to be secure enough to keep a dog from getting in the pen. And among those things would be also coyotes, foxes. Now they can dig under. So you want to consider that. A lot of predators will dig under. A lot of predators will go over. Uh, raccoons, they'll climb. Hawks, owls can come in from over the top. So you do want to have something ideally for at least their run 
I like it to be much more secure where something can't dig under easily and can't come in overhead easily and that the fencing, the siding material itself is really sturdy. So just your standard chicken wire, I would not consider secure enough for predator protection. Chicken wire can be handy in that it can kind of create another layer where if you have young chickens or something, they can't fit through gaps. Say you have two by four uh, width fencing on your coop or something and the little chickies are getting through, you can put a chicken wire or a hardware wire across the bottom and keep the chicks from getting out. That's helpful. A hardware wire with small enough holes will keep a lot of snakes out, so that's probably important for a lot of people. Um, so different things like that, but you certainly want to consider your predator load. I like to think of dogs because predominantly dogs are going to be one of your biggest predators. We often think of foxes, raccoons, coyotes, hawks, um, owls, bears. I mean, depending on where you're at, cougars, like you can be pretty intense. So if you're up north or somewhere in the mountains or something that you have a lot of really big predators, then you're, you're going to want some pretty hardcore uh, structures here to keep your birds safe and not having to keep um, replacing them. But dogs, man, they, they like to chase and catch and kill chickens. So if you have neighbor dogs, maybe your dogs are fine, but your neighbor dogs might get out and destroy your whole flock. And I would say that's just pretty common. Um, I've lost chickens to my own dogs as they've grown up and learned. All of my dogs have been raised up around the chickens and they, and they do tend to enter a phase where they want to catch the chickens. You really want to deter that but I've been able to get every single one of my dogs to uh, move past that kind of prey drive where they want to go after a chicken. So it can be done. Don't give up on your dogs. Some, of course, will have a really strong prey drive. You'll have to deal with that a little bit differently. But you want to keep that in mind for your coop. You want it to be really predator-proof. It's not just about keeping your chickens in. It's, it's primarily about keeping predators out. Now, one of the neat uh, types of chicken coops you could get, whether or not you really want to free range or not, could is a chicken tractor. And no, it's not a little John Deere tractor that you're gonna be that their chickens are like driving around, uh, like little Farmer John. No, um, they're mobile coops. They usually have wheels on them, at least on one side, and you can pull the coop or the entire enclosure along the ground and that way you can give your chickens some fresh grass some fresh ground to be on and yet they're still protected and safe so this is good especially for young chickens as you're raising them up um, it's good for if you really don't want to truly free range your chickens for whatever reason whether it's safety for them or you don't want them pooping all over your patio or getting in your garden, you can do a chicken tractor where you can move them around because the chickens will eventually decimate the ground that they're on if they're left on it long enough. So with the chicken tractor set up, you can move that around your property or your yard and they will um, not decimate the land, but they'll get to eat the grass and the bugs and all that kind of stuff and you'll just have to move them. So I have one of those right now. Actually, I'm raising some uh, chickens that we hatched this year and they're now nine or ten weeks old and I move them about twice a day because it's not a very big run for them as they've gotten bigger 
so I move them about twice a day. Um, maybe one point will make it a little bit bigger, but for now it works for us and I really like that um, they're safe. And my other chickens, because it is uh, warm here, are actually in a dog kennel that we purchased that has a full roof inside and then covered it with a tarp. Um, we're hoping to like build an actual coop building off the side, but since the majority of our year here is really hot, it's the chickens prefer being out in kind of the breeze in the open. So we have some roosting bars on the top where they like to roost. So that's something else you want to consider for your coop is that chickens, at least once they get older and past the chicky stage, when they start to feather out, they really start wanting to uh, roost. And that's naturally they would climb up in the trees and roost up there. And I've had chickens that like are insistent on getting in the trees. If I don't get them in the coop um, before bedtime, sometimes they would go up there. And eventually I, I lost almost all of those chickens to hawks and stuff because they would get 100 feet up in the oak trees and they're just not protected. So anyways, roosting. They want to be on a roosting bar when they sleep. They don't really like to sleep on the ground. They don't cuddle up together like they do when they're little. Uh, they will all want to roost together. So you want ample space for them to roost. And the other thing to consider is that chickens poop a lot when they're roosting. So um, just consider those uh, facts when you're trying to pick out what your coop is. Um, as far as feeding them, you can certainly get store-bought layer feed. Some is medicated, some isn't. Uh, you'll have to make that choice. You can get non-GMO uh, organic or just your traditional uh, chick starter and layer feed. So chick, chick feed, um, obviously you're giving it to them when they're growing. The layer feed has a bit more calcium and sometimes protein, depending on the formulation of it, but it to help kind of um, give enough nutrients for the chickens that are laying the eggs that they require. So you don't really want to give layer feed to um, growing chicks or chickens when they're not at the laying stage just yet. I also really like uh, giving them kitchen scraps. When we moved here almost three years ago, um, I was kind of like, I'm going to take a break from chickens for a while. I was just kind of tired of their antics. At our last property, we had chickens. They were just really stupid chickens. I'm sorry. Sometimes chickens can be really stupid. They're not the smartest <laughs> animal uh, that you'll have anyways, but then sometimes there are just some exceptionally stupid chickens. And I had a flock of those. Like I had one chicken that would constantly get herself stuck behind the coop between the fence upside down. And I found her a few times like that. So when we moved out here, um, I think I think she eventually died because she got stuck upside down. I don't know what she was doing. Um, but anyways, so when I got here, I was ready to kind of take a break, but it didn't last very long. As soon as I went to go throw away some of our kitchen scraps, I was like, wait a second, I missed this. So what I said I was going to not do, I ended up doing in about six weeks. And that was getting some more chickens. So now I have chickens again, and I do really love them. I get excited for chick season every year, so I really enjoy having chickens. So um, feeding chicken scraps. Some really neat thing that you can get into would be fermenting grain, or even I've seen some people ferment the food, the layer food, but I think fermenting grain, um, it kind of gives a an amped up nutritional value and if you ferment grains and seeds 
then um, you tend to save more money and there's a lot of cool like YouTube videos out there about that. Another one is fodder where you're actually growing sprouted uh, seed trays of different grains like barley grains and then you're giving those blocks of fodder to your chickens and you can do that for other animals too. I've seen horse rescues do it for horses, goats, etc. So it can be a really handy um, and affordable way to feed your chickens, especially if you're trying to avoid a lot of grains in their diets. But the chickens do like grains. I, I know a lot of us are like very grain-free, that kind of thing, but chickens do like grains. When they go out in the pasture and they see the grasses that have the grain seeds on the top, they eat those. And sometimes if I've gotten hay that has like grain seeds on the edge of the hay, they go through the hay and they eat those. So grains are good for chickens. Um, sometimes a lot of chicken food is kind of full of a lot of corn. And corn can be good depending on your philosophy on that. Um, usually in the winter months it can kind of burn hot for chickens. So you don't really want to give them scratch grains or uh, crushed uh, uh, corn. Sorry, crushed corn. You definitely don't want to feed them chicken. <laughs> but um, you can give that to them in the winter. To keep them warmer but I wouldn't do it in the summer and scratch grains and uh, corn are not a sufficient source of feed for chickens so you don't want to buy that just for their only source of food there's of course if they're free-ranging or if you're using a, tr a chicken tractor the grass the bugs different plant life and things like that they're gonna get a lot of that from just being out and foraging on their own Alright, so I said I was going to talk about heritage chickens and different breeds like that, but I'm already at 25 minutes. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast here shortly, and then I'm going to have a separate episode where I talk about heritage chickens and maybe just the concept of heritage livestock breeds in general as an introduction. So... To follow up and kind of summarize what I've talked about, I've talked about figuring out what kind of chickens you want to do, what's your goal, getting set up with a coop, and feeding them. So that's where we're at now. There's a lot more to learn. I thought I was going to do this in like 15 minutes, but here I am, close to half an hour. So I'm going to go ahead and end it now so that you can get on doing what you're going to do. And I will go ahead and record another episode for you to learn about heritage chickens and maybe some more chicken raising tips. Thank you and may God bless you. <laughs>